Grace Family Church of Rhode Island presents Word of Hope, a sermon series with Pastor Luciano Cozzi. Welcome. The Word of Hope sermon series is a ministry of Grace Family Church of Rhode Island. It was instituted to bring sound teachings from the Word of God to as many people as possible. Our purpose is to offer you a message that is both practical and contemporary, that brings the Word of God to light in a way that makes sense in daily life. As you listen to this message, it is our hope and prayer that the Lord will bless you through it and bring you hope, comfort, and guidance. And now, Pastor Kotze. Good morning, everyone. Just a couple of days ago, we celebrated Christmas, the Advent, the birth of Jesus Christ. And one of the traditional things that we hear during Christmas, on the Christmas season, is the prophecy that God gave the prophet Isaiah long ago, that a virgin one day will be with child and would bear a son. And that son will be called Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, I wonder how often we have actually paused long enough to think of the profound meaning of that name, of the name Emmanuel. We find that prophecy of Isaiah referred to in Matthew chapter 1. Let's read it together, beginning with verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which translated means God with us. God with us. Emmanuel. A word. A name. And yet, such deep meaning is included, wrapped in that name, in that word. We really need to understand it. And so we'll take some time today to look at that name, Emmanuel. And those three key words, God with us. We'll take a few moments, we'll meditate on that, we'll reflect on that in such a way that we can come to understand what the angel revealed to Joseph and what God had revealed through the prophet Isaiah. 
God with us. The first word, God. When we think of God, we think of God being almighty, all-powerful. We think of him as the creator and sustainer because he is the sustainer of all things. He created the whole universe and sustains the whole universe. He holds everything together. He is the Most High One and has infinite glory. He is the Everlasting One, the One who was, is, and will be, the One who had no beginning of days and no end of life because He is self-existent. He is eternal. We think of God as the Most Holy One because He is absolutely infinitely, thoroughly, completely, totally pure. In fact, he is the source of all that is good and the source of all life. When we think of God, one of the first things we realize is God is transcendent. That means that God cannot be contained by anything. It's not even contained by an expanding universe. Imagine that. Not even the whole universe and an expansion of the universe can contain God. His thoughts, his ways, as the prophet Isaiah reminded us, and, and the apostle Paul also in Romans reminded us, his thoughts and his way is far beyond ours. And yet he reveals himself to us in terms that we can understand. Maybe we can say he simplifies his revelation of himself so that we can actually understand it. But whatever he says about himself, it is true. And we need to remember and be careful to remember that it is not a myth, it is actually truth. Maybe simplified truth, but truth nevertheless. But let's understand it a little better. God is infinite in all of his attributes. Is limitless in all of his attributes. He chose to reveal himself in a limited matter, or manner, because otherwise we would there's no way that we could even begin to comprehend him. In fact, there is no way that we can begin to comprehend God the way he actually is. He revealed himself in a person of a son, Jesus Christ, so that we could see and understand at least some things about God. However, God, as he simplifies his revelation, as he comes to our level and reveals himself to us in a way that we can grasp, he does not lower himself to human error or to falsehood or, or anything like that, because God himself is truth and righteousness and justice. And so he will never stoop himself down to, to participate in the human errors. But while he reveals himself in simple terms, he invites us to be lifted to him. Look at God's glory. God's glory is without limit as well. And the glory of God in Scripture is frequently represented by the image of light. 
by the symbolism of light. Let, let's try to grasp the immensity of that one aspect of God, his glory, and that perhaps will help us to appreciate all the other attributes being also without limit. Think about our sun. Now, we, scripture uses the image or the symbolism of light. It symbolizes God's glory with light. So it's good that we look at our sun, the source of the light that we see in our world. And the sun produces a great deal of light, doesn't it? But let's not look at it from the earth's point of view. Let's look at that light. Imagine the in quantity, the immensity of that light from the sun's surface. Kind of hard to imagine, I am assuming. But even that would be a limited image. Even that would be an approximation and a very limited perspective. Even though we use the symbolism of light, it would be a limited symbolism because even that would not quite give justice to God's glory. I hope that as we remember some of these things about God, that we begin to have an idea of that first part of that name, Emmanuel, God with us. It's not just someone with us. It's not just a friend with us. It's not just John Doe down the street that is with us. It's God himself. The other part of that name that is very important is us. Who are we? We're human beings. We are created, Scripture says, we are created in God's image. That means that we are created to relate to God. We are created to have a fellowship with God. But, unfortunately, we have distorted all that by our choice of sin. You have heard the story of the Garden of Eden, and you have heard the, the story of how humanity chose the way of sin, the way of rebellion against God. But there is a lesson in Eden that I would like to remind all of us today. God provides all that is good for us. Look at what God did for the first humans in that famous Garden of Eden. He provided a beautiful environment, a self-sustaining environment. He provided everything that was good for us. And yet, what do we do? We turn our back to him, and instead of appreciating what is good for us, we take what is harmful and deadly for us instead. And in so doing, we fracture our relationship with God. We break our relationship with God. We've been so blessed with an opportunity to be in intimate fellowship with God himself, with the creator of all things, with the sustainer of all things, but then blessed by his goodness the way we are. We allow ourselves to be caught in the irrational and reckless trap of sin. We sell ourselves to sin recklessly instead of appreciating the immense love of God. We choose to despise God and his blessing and we turn to false gods 
false ideas, concepts, or even idols that we make with our hands because we want something to worship. But something other than God. And so we embrace the deception of these false gods and the evil that comes from that. We give ourselves to the practice of lying, arrogance. We give ourselves to strife, murder, sexual aberrations, and a number of abominable practices that alienate us from God. They alienate us from the source of our ultimate good. And so we find ourselves lost, mourning in pain because of our sins. We are lonely, disappointed in life, broken, isolated by conflicts and the indifference of those that we hold in high esteem, those that we admire that perhaps don't even spend a second thinking about us. And so we live in darkness and ignorance. We live a our life in fear and pain, looking, always looking for something better, but ending up, as the book of Ecclesiastes reminds us, ending up with just a handful of wind. That's us. That's the way we are. But there is another word in that name, Emmanuel. It is not God versus us. It is God with us. With, it's a tiny small word, but intense. Because with implies communion, oneness. It makes us think of togetherness, of companionship, of harmony, affection, unity. It reminds us of closeness and Fellowship, participation in one another, devotion, and even endearment. With. It is something that we use with someone we love. But how can that be? How can that God that we just described and us, the way we are, be connected together by this small but intense and important word. God with us. God in communion with us. God in oneness with us. God who holds us dear. How can that be? And the answer is in that child. Jesus, the second Adam, as Paul calls him, who by divine grace and through the regenerative power of his life and sacrifice makes us free. You see, God embodies himself into his creation, into our history, and completely transforms it in the incarnation in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, the one who cannot be contained even by an expanding universe, made himself a tiny little embryo in the womb of a teenager 
and he did it for you. The one who created Orion, the galaxies, the clusters of galaxies that we can see, the Pleiades, and the, the one who created the whole universe, the vast universe, came among us working as a man, crafting furniture, sweeping sawdust. You see, in Jesus, that almighty and marvelous God stepped into the dirt of our life. It stepped into the, the mud of our sin, not to be defined by that, not to be contaminated by that, but to lift us out of that mud, out of our despair, into His hope and His glory. God, the one who is pure, absolutely holy, infinitely with, apart and without sin, came into our world, entered into our history to forgive us. And so, he wrote on the sand. He refused to throw a stone, but instead he took all the condemnation on himself. Yours included. It is in Jesus Christ, in that baby that was born on that day, that the Holy One, the Most Holy One, who has no sin, came, came to bear the sin of the world. Yes, not just my sin or your sin, the sin of a whole world, the sin of a genocide, the sin of violence, the sin of greed, the sin of committed by the children, the sin committed by the adults, the evil of a whole world, my sin and your sin, he took it all upon himself. That God. And why? Because God wants an eternal relationship with you. He is a personal God. And He's reaching out to you, and He's reaching out to you personally, individually. And He does it abundantly, because everything that God does, everything that God gives, He gives in abundance. He gives abundantly. It's not stingy. He's not just trickling things for us, but He abundantly pours what we need. And He reaches out to us. And as He does so, He gives you abundance in blessings. The blessings that He has reserved to His people. He gives you life in Him. Gladness of heart, an abundant gladness, a joy that even defies our own ability to explain, but, but we experience it. A joy that we can have through the certainty of his adoption. The fact that he has chosen you to be his child. That was no accident. It didn't happen by chance. He has chosen you. So many times people say that, 
we, we come to Christ. Well, you know what? That, that's not quite the case. It's not quite the way it worked. It's not us that came to him, but he that came to us. It is not us that chose him, but he chose you personally, individually, to be his child. And he has a reward. An awesome, majestic, abundant reward awaiting for you, for us all. And let's not forget one of the most important things. God has poured out his infinite love and poured it out in your heart to fill that need to be loved that you experience and to overflow so that you can express that love and, exp and experience the joy of giving. In all of this, you know, God did not wait for us. He actually came looking for us. He never abandoned us, especially in our sins. He did not wait on his most high throne for us to lift ourselves up to him, to arise to him. But he came down and entered into our stinking sinful world to reach out to us, to you. And even today, he leads us. He works with us and through us. He protects us and even glorifies us. Jesus is sharing with us the very glory that God the Father gave him. He has given to you, to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, Paul has something very interesting to say about this. He wrote, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Notice that. Right now we cannot quite see the glory of the Lord in its fullness. But we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory radiantly reflecting the glory of God as we walk with him as we walk in him he shines his glory and we reflect it more and more as we grow until the day that God is going to reveal it in its fullness I have seen a lot of hurting people. A lot of people that were just as lost in the mud of this world, in a dirt of sin, they have lost hope. And one of the things that I have seen is the change, like a humongous burden lifted from them when they realize what Paul said about Jesus Christ in Ephesians 5. Let's read it together. Ephesians 5, verses 25 to 27. Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, 
so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Let's look at it carefully together, brethren. Because he's talking about you. Because God has made you a child of God. Part of the church. Not by accident, as we said earlier. But by choice. He has chosen you. He has called you. He has made you part of the body of Christ. The very church that he's talking about here. So this is talking about you. And notice that in Christ, you are already. Because here he talks about the past tense. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's a done deal. When he was on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. It is done. So in Christ, you are sanctified. In Christ, you're cleansed. There is nothing that is too dirty that he cannot cleanse because he has taken all of our filth, all of our dirt upon himself and made it his own so that he could cleanse us. In Christ, here we are reminded that you are glorified. Yes, God has shared with you, is sharing with you his own glory. And he's inviting you to grow from glory to glory until the fullness of it. When the time comes. In Christ, you are now without spot or wrinkle. Can you imagine that? We tend to look at ourselves with all sorts of faults and problems and defects. And yet, the way he looks at us even now is without spot and wrinkle. Holy and blameless. That's how you are. And what is that? Why is that? Because of that one word, Emmanuel. God with us. That and more is what that term, that name, Emmanuel, actually means. And I hope that we will spend the next few days thinking about that pondering in our hearts and minds the profound and deep meaning of that name, God with us. May the Lord be with you and bless you.